Well, good day, everybody. It's lovely to be here on day 12 of 21 Days Live Facebook events, and we're discussing the belief in lack and how that creates suffering. Day 12. Hello, Petal. Is the sound okay? Good day, Wendy. Hello, Laurie. Thanks for the sound. Great sound. Oh, and my fans are all here. So, day 12. So, doing these day-to-day um, -day, um, live events, knowing that I have an appointment with all of you lovely people, um, I don't prepare anything. I have no idea what is about to transpire. But I'm enjoying it. Sound is great. I love you too, Petal. Right. But what has been happening is um, I've been dialoguing with more and more people than I normally do. And I have been interested. I've been placing my focus and my attention and intention to placing my attention right there, reading those messages, interacting with these people, with these lovely, lovely people. And what sort of arises is wanting to find different ways to verbalize it as simple as possible, as directly as possible, with as least words as possible. If you ask Marie, that is very odd for me because I just love talking. So, in the fewest words possible, how can I convey to you simplicity? Hello, George. Hi, Re. Not sure how to pronounce your name, but hello. So what has been transpiring is this, it's not an illusion, but it is at the same time, the sensation of separation. And that's what lack actually is. So let's just step back a second from the very, very first day. What did we say? That the mind defines, there is definition. All right, and through these definitions, you're describing and labeling and categorizing, criticizing, judging. Okay, this is what transpires into the world, and the only thing that it is describing is a belief, a perspective that you're currently holding to be true. And we've already um, specified that most of them sound a bit like, "I'm not good enough," "I'm not important enough." I'm not worthy enough, I'm not special enough, I'm not successful enough, I don't have enough. There is some form of verbalization of not enoughness. Hence, we are now having the experience of that platform, of that vibrational platform. This is the feeling I am feeling because it is transpiring what I am defining. And as I'm defining it, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. So from that rule of thumb, 
we can now begin to build on to this now. So from this rule of thumb, that what is being defined is what you're seeing. And what you're seeing is what's being defined. And what you're being defined is a belief, a perspective. This is what I believe. I believe I'm not enough. I believe I'm not enough. I believe I have not understood. I believe I don't get it. I'm not there yet. I haven't achieved. I haven't achieved. This is all labels. Labeling, 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 labeling. And one of the characteristics that the mind does is categorizes. It puts things in pigeonholes. This goes there. That's right. That's wrong. This goes in miscellaneous. This we're not too sure to do with it. Oh, give it no attention. So it sort of classifies the good from the bad. I'm not good enough. Those people that are good enough over there, that's what they look like. That's what that feels like to me. They are good enough. They are superior. They stand on that platform. They stay way, 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 way up there. I have now superiorized them. They are now superior to me. That's what the mind does. If you can recognize what mind does, it will be easier to see that we are not separated. But what is really happening is that you're just seeing that the mind has separated these things in little pigeonholes. This goes here and that goes there. This is right and this is wrong. Making things very, very separated. But what is really happening is that, and I must thank Marie for this, because if it hadn't been for our relationship, we would have, I would have never seen it this clearly. Okay, We are a couple that spend every minute together. We have been together for more than six years, 24 hours a day, apart from in this moment. It's the first time that we've been apart for two weeks. So what does staying with someone for six years, 24 hours a day bring forth? I beg your pardon. So. What it brings forth is a mirror. I constantly got to see myself, and she constantly got to see herself, upright and personal. So, how do I describe this? What seemed like was happening is that she would be describing and defining what she was believing, and her beliefs were affecting my beliefs. So what was really happening was two belief systems interacting and trying to place their words into their own pigeonholes. And be not being aware of all of this, we were playing it out, not, not knowing that we were intertwined. All right, because if I believe something is true and her belief system says it's not true, can you see how an argument would take place? But what was really happening is that her belief system was showing my belief system what we believed. The acting out 
And so if you're not aware of your thoughts, if you're not aware of your underlining programming of what perspective you have in place that is describing what you're seeing, and then you're feeling the offness. So she would say something to me and I would feel off. Her belief is now reminding my belief that that's wrong and I'm right. You're wrong and I'm right. So by holding true to my belief, I am now pushing against hers. So that's the beauty of duality is that I'm good and you're bad. This looks good and that looks bad. Even though you do sound very, very um, righteous, like, you know, peace is good and war is bad. But when you make the bad thing something that you just don't want to even acknowledge and, and push against, now you've created... A negative experience so coming back to lack every time I saw someone that believed in lack it would just rub up against me and say oh that reminds me of my belief in lack that would remind me of my belief in lack that reminds me of my belief in lack hang on a minute let me have a go at this person so he stops believing that so you stop believing that so then I, when I look at you, I won't be reminded that I believe in lack. Do you see what I mean? And this is what happened for the very first two, three years hanging out with Marie, is that every time she was reminded and she would speak from a place of I'm not enough, it would remind me of not my belief in not enough. And we'd have a go at each other. It was like, oh, do stop believing in that because every time you believe in it, it aggravates mine. And it's, it's a bit like having a blister. Like when you've got a sock on and you're starting to feel that these new shoes are starting rubbing against the sock and your shoe and you start to feel like there's a blister. And the more you focus there, the more you walk on it, the more the blister gets you know, more painful and more painful and more painful and more painful and more painful. Because you're holding on and gripping on to that perspective and wanting everyone to silence their opinions because all of their opinions remind you of your belief. I'm not good enough. I'm not enoughness. And this is what happened in our relationship for quite a while that we were constantly being reminded of what we currently believed and we didn't see it. We didn't see these beliefs. But as we began meditating and introducing these daily practices and starting to notice the misconceptions, the misconceptions that I spoke about in the first um, seven days were highly beneficial to see through and introducing in the daily practice what I was mentioning, meditation, noticing feelings when you're imagining, noticing feelings when you're feeling triggered. And that's what we inserted as a couple, that every time an evident argument was about to take place, we'd both stop. We came to this agreement. Something is being rubbed up against here. We're about to pop a blister. What do you think you believe? 
And we just had to take a moment and sit. Sometimes we'd actually act out the whole thing, the whole argument, so we had more to hear. Okay, when you're completely engulfed into the character you believe to be with the perspective, and now you're defining the actual perspective, when you hear yourself speak, and this is what meditation does for you, it highlights the sense of awareness that you can actually hear yourself, notice, I'm noticing myself speak where I'm defining this perspective. And what she began to do was defining her perspective, and we could hear each other. And at the end, after all these emotions were literally shouting out to us saying, wait guys, this is what you're believing. Wait guys, this is what you're believing. We'd sit down and we'd look. And normally I go out onto the balcony and just, and every single time, I, that's like my permission slip. Every time I go out on the balcony and watch these beautiful hills and the sun, it's like, I just want to see. That's like my place. Every time I come back in, it's like, I can see. And I write it down. I said, you know what? This is what I was believing. And she'll say to me, you know what? This is what I was believing. And we took our beliefs. And it's like, obviously, you know, they were triggering each other. And that's how the awareness tracking sheet came to be. We began noticing this. So the difference to my past relationships or any kind of relationship is doing the work with Marie has actually come to the conclusion that with every dispute or any hesitations or arguments that occur triggering is that we both know at the end of this, we're going to discover something that before we weren't aware of. So now it is actually transcended to a point that when a belief is about to be displayed, one of the two are now just holding the space to hear the other. So what I've discovered is that when Marie is in, in a task that is portraying some belief that is limiting to her, that is triggering her, and then there's this description. Either she starts complaining or criticizing or labeling in some way. There's immediate this, this habitual, now it feels like I will hold the place just to see, just to notice. There's no arguing or trying to change her mind. Let it just come out. So I I stand in front of her and all I can see now is a belief being described. There is no Marie. <clears throat> the character is taken out of the perspective, out of the picture. And all I'm hearing and seeing is a perspective. And it could be, I can't figure this out. And then there's the frustration because there's the belief, I can't figure this out, for example. So all I'm seeing now is a belief describing. And there's a picture I can see that she's got in her head. So the character, the identification of her, I don't think any different of her because all I can see now is a perspective and it's yelling out at me, 
So while she's describing her frustration, describing her anger, or describing whatever is, is there, so I'm writing down, and I'll just let it settle. And she does the same with me. So what I've realized is that, try and imagine this. You know those cowboys that have like that rope with the loop that, and you've been tied around, and the other person has the other. So you're both connected, all right? And what, what the mind tries to convey is that I am separate, instead you're not. If I say something, you're going to react. We're connected. We're connected. We're actually one. We're actually one. There's nothing separated. Because whatever I'm going to say from this perspective is going to affect you from your perspective. And if your perspective and my perspective clash, but they're one and the same, they have to be one and the same, otherwise they wouldn't clash. If I believe in lack and you believe in lack, but I don't know you believe in lack and you don't know I believe in lack, but now you start talking about money, whatever you're saying is going to rub off like that blister. But let's say I don't believe in lack and you believe in lack. And now you have, you're having a conversation. But now there's no reaction coming from me because it's not rubbing against one of my beliefs, one of my perspectives. So I hold the space. But what does make a difference that I'd like you to introduce into this, um, your daily practices is to notice when someone is in front of me now that believes in lack. I stand in front, they stand in front of me, and as they're describing their feeling of lack, they're describing their perspective of lack, I stand in front of them as the mirror, so I can just see, I notice that they're believing lack, and I accept it completely. There's nothing wrong to believe in lack. It's not hurting me. So now I'm not spewing my disastrous, you see, this is how we make the change, is that I'm not reacting badly to that, that description because I'm completely at ease because I see that lack and abundance are one and the same. I'm not pushing against people that believe in lack, stating, whoever believes in lack, it's an illusion. What are you doing? Okay, because it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't, it, and it doesn't hurt when you realize that the experiences that you're having that allow you to feel lack is simply because you're holding a belief. It's simply because you're holding a perspective. So whatever comes out of anyone's mouth standing in front of you and they are believing in lack and you're not feeling so good about it is because they are portraying exactly what you're feeling. And now there's the rubbing of the blister. It is just rubbing up and it's making you realize, but if you're not aware, then there's going to be sort of a defensiveness or an agreement like, I know that makes me feel awful too. Let's create a group together. This makes me feel awful. Who agrees with us? Now you've got a whole pack of people that believe in lack and say, 
this shouldn't be happening. Because you're all rubbing against your own blisters and it's just getting bigger and bigger and more painful and more painful. And every time you get together with these people, the blister just carries on getting more and more and more painful. And this is when you are unaware of your own belief perspectives, your own descriptions. We are all one. And everyone is here to show us exactly how we're... You are part of this experience in this on this platform. So it's not that when people that believe in lack come into my surroundings, not that we interact for, for much longer because the conversation is literally very, very short. Because nothing really comes to me to say, I can't agree with them, but I can't disagree with them. You see? And I'm not springing forth to solve their problem anymore because now I can see, even though if I were to spring forth thousands and thousands of dollars and solve all of their lackful problems, they still won't be benefiting with the feeling. I cannot give them the feeling. You can give someone money, but if, you, if they're still feeling lackful, it will just go down the pit again and then tomorrow they'll be feeling lackful about something else. You see? You cannot feel for anyone. You cannot think for anyone. And this is why we're all flattering around trying to acquire and achieve and buy these things in order that because the mind will make you believe that if you have this, you will be happier. But it doesn't know the feeling. The feeling is the feedback of the validity of your thoughts. The feeling is the feedback of the validity of your thoughts. The feeling is the feedback of the validity of this perspective. This perspective alone, alone, is not, is not the truth. The truth is that lack and abundance are two perspectives, but they're actually one. You cannot know one without the other. You cannot know one without the other. What one does for you alone, lack, it tells you alone, it feels awful. But what does it inspire you to do is to look at the other way. Well, if lack feels like this, ask the question, Raf. What does abundance feel like? If it, it asks you to ask the question, if lack on its own feels awful, ask the question, what does abundance feel like? Oh. Abundance and lack are one and the same. The feeling, the perspective alone does nothing for you. And if someone is just born into this world, like with a silver spoon, with all this abundance, it doesn't know its abundance until... Lack is experienced. Have you ever heard those stories that kings just come in? Buddha, I think, was one of them, wasn't he? Comes into this world and has only experienced abundance, but is unaware that this is abundance. Only when he you know, ventured out of the walls of the palace 
did he start to see that there were people that didn't have food, that there were people that were dying and living and sickly? <gasps> then it had occurred to him, this is what lack is, and this is what abundance, and one and the same. Only when someone stands in front of me with such a feeling of lack, and I am aware of the description of what they're saying and what they're seeing in their mind's eye, do they remind me of how abundant I'm currently feeling. What are people reminding you of? Are they reminding you of what your blister is rubbing up against? Or are you being allowed to see the fullness of the two? The light and darkness analogy as well. If light only exists, it doesn't know it's light, you wouldn't know. But because we have night and day, you know when it's daytime and when it's nighttime. Daytime and nighttime. Daytime, nighttime. The two, nighttime on its own, it's just darkness. Oh, there's only darkness. There is only darkness. Oh, there's only darkness. There's only darkness. But knowing that there's light, and darkness. They are one and the same. My grandfather always used to say to me when I was a young girl, what came first, the egg or the chicken? And I was confused. I'd scratch my head. I'm like, oh, this does sound like an interesting um, question. But whatever I would say, oh, the chicken. And then he'd say, where from? And I'd say the egg. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Does one need to come before the other? They came together. They are one. It is one in the same. And that's exactly what I put in my case study was in order to have the, the experience of an abundant lifestyle, of seeing abundance, describing abundance. When you describe abundance from, when you're describing abundance, you're feeling it. When you're describing abundance, you're seeing it. And if you're seeing it here, then you will rendezvous. And you will only see what you're capable of describing. Because now the perspective is, I have made peace with lack. And I know what abundance feel like. And I love them. Both. Because one invited me to see the other. One invited me to ask the question of where to move my interest. Of where to move my focus of where to move my conscious attention. If lack feels like this, I have a belief. And now what do you want? You've got to get clear and simple. Well, if holding this belief allows me to experience this, what belief would I need to see in order to have a different experience. And this is why the that tracking awareness sheet allows you to see the trigger. So the belief, the thought, I'm not good enough. I am good enough. I don't have enough. I do have enough. But you believe one instead of the other. So what do you need to realize? that these are just definitions. 
I'm not good enough is a definition. You don't have to argue with I'm not good enough and tell the story of how that happened when I was a little girl and that happened and then so and so and then the story of the description. You don't need to get into detail. Let's come back. Let's come back. I'm not good enough is something you deeply believe and your whole being just vibrates with fear and lack. Do you have to figure this out? Do you have to do you have to look at this belief and argue with it? Hey, I don't want to feel lack. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel that. But look at it. I am not enough. I am not good enough. I don't have enough. Look through it. It's a string of words strung together. It's a label. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. When you see, and this is the noticing, when you see the description you have stuck on, like one of those post-it notes, I'm not good enough. It's a description now. You've labeled yourself. You've labeled yourself. So how many post-it notes do you have attached to the self? I'm good at maths. I know how to run. I ran a marathon. I'm good at this. I'm not good at that. How many post-it notes do you have all over yourself? Definitions after definitions after definitions after definitions. Describing and labeling. Categorizing. And this is how we've created a self-identity image of who you believe to be. I do have some posted notes here. I could have just put them all over me. That would have been fun. Can you see that? It is not one to argue with the definitions. The definitions is just a post-it note. I'm not good enough. Feel. When you identify the definition with who you believe to be, it will hurt. But if you can see that you are not your definitions, you are not your perspectives, you are not your mind, now you are the noticing of the perspective. It's just a perspective. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a labeling. That's all it is. See it. See that you are the knowing of the definition. You don't have to argue with it or destroy it or cut it up or get everyone to agree that this is no good. It is simply a description. I think yesterday I sent out a post um, for the traders. When a trader loses and believes he is the one that is losing, he is now a loser. I am a loser. So every time there's a losing trade, it will feel painful to him because he has identified himself with his perspective. And hence now having... The... So now his whole trading strategy is to find ways to lose less because every time he does lose, he's going to get really hurt. 
Losing is happening, winning is happening. The beauty of trading is finding your business plan that gives you the probabilities of winning more than losing so that at the end of the month, or at the end of your year, you're up. We won't go into that. But when you're identifying yourself with something, now you're going to think this is you. And this is why these 21 days is titled The Belief in Lack Creates Suffering. And when you believe to be the belief, you are now suffering. Because if you allow the belief to just be the belief that you can see, who's suffering? If you don't believe to be it, it can just be. Lack can exist, abundance exists as one. Peace exists, wars exist as one. Light exists, darks exist as one in order to have these different perspectives. One will show you to the other. You will know them and there will be nothing that you're identified. I am not the lackful one. I am not the abundant one. I am that which knows both. I am the knowing. I am the awareness. I am aware of noticing them. I can see that they are experiences. This has nothing to do with who I really am. This is why self-awareness, self-awareness, becoming aware that you're aware of the mind, that you're aware of the definitions, that you're aware of the feeling. Become aware of what you're saying, what you're seeing, and how you're feeling. From the very first day, that's exactly what it appeared to me, is that when I am aware of what is coming out of this mouth, and I am aware of what this mind is seeing in its mind's eye, and I am aware of how I'm feeling, I've just bought into an experience. And now whatever experience I am now experiencing will come to me and say, now what? And I will ask the question, well, if you feel like this because I've been believing this, what would the duality, the contrary, the other side feel like? And honestly, I cannot know where to put my attention until I have experienced the other side. Until I don't experience lack, I didn't know where to go and look or what it would feel like. I had to include the opposite into my awareness. I had to include it. I had to include. Lack asked me to include the feeling of abundance. I had to include it. I didn't have to exclude this. It's by inclusion. I included the hypothesis. Well, if I believe I'm not good enough, what would feeling good enough feel like? But I didn't have to push against not good enough. I included something within me. Can you feel that? So the mind separates, categorizes, and pigeonholes. But you're not it. You're not the mind. But someone that doesn't investigate noticing the mind will just believe to be it. And I can see how they react and behave from that perspective. I can see that. 
That's beautiful to see. Such compassion that all I'm seeing is this body in front of me. And they're describing what they're seeing. And they must be feeling awful. So you love them. You love them. Do you try and change them? Not if they're not asking. I won't change anything because it's beautiful to see that experience happening. Will they ask the question? But what it does for me is that it allows me to imagine what they would look like if they didn't believe what they were currently believing. With a big smile on their face and that feeling. I can literally imagine it. Every single person that comes in front of me that speaks lack, I can literally imagine them, what they would literally be feeling and walking. How would they be talking? What would they... I can, I can take that image and place it there. And it's all happening within me. That is allowing me to practice more and more. I will not focus on who you're being right now, but I can see you. I can see you when you move perspective. And that's what I hold in my mind when I speak with Mary on the phone now, I see her already there. Because she's given me a great idea from all of her experiences. That is the image that I have of her in my head. And the image of her in her head is very different to the image of her in my head. Because there's no two of us. Everything is happening in your mind. In this mind of describing. And everything I see, all of you beautiful beings, in my mind, you're just a hop and a skip away of just, ah, noticing this. Noticing this. Noticing this. Notice. Because there is no understanding here, is there? I decided one day I want to see this simple. I was listening to many, many teachings around the globe. And at some point, it just felt difficult. And I said, I want to see this simple. I want it simple. I want to know the underground, the under programming of what is creating a feeling because this is what's disturbing me. How is it so that this feels? It was all about the feeling. I just couldn't take my eyes off it. I'm feeling like this. What just happened? Look for the pattern. Look for the pattern. What just happened? What was I believing? And that's when I started to interact with, um, I started reading the book of Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. You are the placebo. And noticing that everyone's talking about thoughts, beliefs, and emotions. So I started tracking those three until it became evident, so darn evident, that I cannot feel anything unless I'm, I'm focused on something. And that's a belief. That is a perspective. A perspective. And most of these perspectives, all of these perspectives, are all true when you believe to be it. 
all of these perspectives, all of these beliefs are true. And therefore, you are speaking it, you're acting it out, and you are it. And that's why you can't get everyone to agree, because everyone is at a different vibrational platform. That's why some of you write messages to me and say, oh, something you said, because you were ready to see, because you've been asking the question, you were turned to see the question, and anything that comes out of this mouth might click for you or might not. Or you might watch this video in a month's time and something that has been said now will click for you then because then something asked you to turn your attention towards the question, towards the answer instead of just staying fixed on the question. At any point in time, this can become very, very clear to you. And my mind quickly said, she just lied. Abundance and lack are not the same. I just lied. Lack and abundance are not the same. Lack and abundance are not the same. What does lack and abundance have in common? When I see lack and abundance, I just see two labels. What do you see? You see yourself. You are not that. You are that which is having the experience of lack. You are that which is having the experience of abundance. You are that which is having the experience of not enoughness. You are that which is having the experience of enoughness. You're that which is having the experience, I am important. You're that having the experience, I'm not important. I get it, I don't get it. The only reason why you're having the experience you're having is because you believe that you're not good enough in some way, shape or form. There's not enoughness. There's some sort or form of a belief, not enoughness. This is why... And that creates you separate from other people. I believe I am not enough. And you're saying you are enough. You are important. I can see you're important. I can see you're important. Oh, you've got lots of followers. Um, you've got doctor written in front of your name. You've got an incredibly big yacht. And uh, you've got a lot of money. And oh, you've got a very nice car. Meaning. You see how the mind makes meaning? It says, that if you have a large boat, you have a beautiful car, the ones that fancies on, on the TV screens, and you've got this big pack of truck of money, and you have a doctor, DR, in front of your name. Can you see the labels? Now, in my mind, the mind is now saying, you are more important than me. You are more intelligent than me. You are superior than me. What did you just hear out of my mouth? Describing. Who am I describing? 
you say, a person, Raf, you've just described some person. This person must have a name. All right, we'll add on the name. John Smith. Dr. John Smith. I've given it a name. And his gender, he's a man. I'll give him an age. I'll give him a nationality. Can you see? These are all descriptions. Where is all this describing happening? The superiority, the fact that he's more intelligent, it is all happening in the mind. Because that's all the mind knows how to do. It is all happening here. But you say, but John, Dr. John Smith does exist. With the exact same description I've just given him, with the superiority and the feeling that I don't have enough, and he does have enough, that he's more intelligent and I'm less intelligent, with all that, does he exist like that? Is he existing? In the meantime, the guy's filed for bankruptcy or something. You don't know how he's feeling. You can if you become aware of how he describes himself. But at the end of the day, darlings, everyone is just describing an image of a perspective that they hold. That's it. So that's what I'd like to introduce today. Go out. Have a chat with your friends. Have a chat with family. Have a chat even with strangers, you know, standing on a bus or sitting waiting, you know, when you just turn around and have a chat. Notice what they're saying without any judgment. Just notice. Just stay as awareness. Just stay present. And just allow the words to come out and get a feeling, a sense of how they're feeling. But remain as awareness. I mean, if you're going to bring in your little character, oh, I feel the same way. Well, then, no, you're, you're going to start picking up on you. If you just stay as, as a meditation sort of thing, where you're just present to allowing whatever they're saying to be said, and then just notice that what they've just said and how that made them feel, you can pick up where they are vibrationally. Are they in a lackful state of being? or not? What are they believing? Can you pinpoint their belief system? Can you pinpoint their perspective? Because if you can get good enough in pinpointing their perspective, then pinpointing your perspective becomes more evident. And whatever you think they believe, and if it's rubbing up against yours, you've just discovered a bit more information yours. Now with Marina, it's, it's much, much easier, much, much easier. It's become very, very evident, very, very evident. In noticing her state of being, what she's thinking, what she's believing, and if it feels off while she's telling me, I'll just say, this feels off. What are you describing? What belief are you describing? Ah, if anyone hears our conversations, they'll probably have, they'll probably just go, what are these two on about? 
but it is, isn't it? It's all about different perspectives. The more perspectives you can see, now you know where you are and you know where you want to be. It's like swinging trees, sort of the Tarzan way. It's like the beliefs are like these ropes. And the moment you hold on to one, you get to have that experience. And then you let that one go because you can see there's no harm in holding on to this belief in order to have this experience. And there's no harm in holding on to this one for now and then having that experience. But you're not saying, flying in the middle of the air and saying, no, that belief is no good, not holding on to that one. Do you know what I mean? It's like just saying that every perspective is valid. You make peace with wherever you've landed now, and you're holding on to this belief, you can see this belief, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not, oh God, again, I've landed on lack. Dawn, I didn't want to land here again. I've landed here, I just believed I'm not important. Oh Dawn, how did I do that? See it and make peace with it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a label, folks. It's not you. I used to get very frustrated, very, very frustrated that, you know, I'd feel lack again, I'd feel lack again. I'm like, oh, when is this ever going to end? You know, I know I want to feel more abundant. I want to feel more abundant, but I'm feeling lackful. The moment I made peace with lack, meaning I saw through it, it was just a label, doesn't frighten you anymore. If any belief frightens you, you're going, like, it's like you're dreading it. And now if you're dreading it, you're making sure you don't stumble across there. And so now traders want to eliminate losing from trading. But that's the whole game. There will be winning trades and losing trades. How can you eliminate loss? It's like trying to say, you know what? Let's eliminate the, the exhale from breathing. Let's eliminate the darkness, everyday light. There's things I like doing at night. Going out to dindins, dancing. You don't want to eliminate one or the other. They are not separate. You need one and the other in order to play in this playground called life. If you're interested in this, this is what it is. You need one and the other, and they are one. Without one, you cannot appreciate the other. Stop seeing them as two. They are not two. Lack and abundance go hand in hand. You know lack exists. And so you appreciate abundance easier. You see abundance easier. And when you see lack, you don't have a fit. It's not that now you've seen lack, you're going to live there all your life. You've just noticed it. And now this not enoughness has inspired you to what? Ask the question. Ask the question. Ask the question. Without asking the question, you cannot hear the answer. Make peace with wherever you are. On whatever vibrational platform you are, just make peace. 
stop fighting against one and preferring another. When you prefer, it's because you've thanked lack. You've thanked it. You've thanked it. And now you're off to discover what this inclusion now that you've discovered, the inclusion of abundance feels like. Now you know how it feels like if that perspective didn't exist. So I don't feel I'm not important enough. Hmm, what would I feel without that thought? I'm not good enough. Hmm, now the attention goes towards I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Hmm. Now see how that feels. And you just ease into it. No, no, I'm not good enough. Not good enough. And you go into meditation and you ask a question. Without this thought, what would that feel like? I'm good enough. Hmm. I'm good enough. Hmm. Okay, I'm not good enough. And this could go on for hours and days, but this is exactly what I've been going through. It's like when you've discovered what you've believed to be and then just take moments of what would it feel like if you didn't believe that lackful thought, that perspective, what would remain? And now you've discovered a different room in the house. What remains without this limitation is the inclusion of good enough. It's already there. You didn't have to go and get the thought, I'm good enough. Can you see? Limitation is by introducing a belief. By excluding it, by not giving it attention, what is included? Because you are already good enough, is already here for you. This is the l obstacle. This is the limitation. This is the... So by saying, what if I didn't think that, what would there be? And so now your focus goes towards noticing what is already present. And that's why you feel negative emotion when you do believe I'm not good enough because it's indicating uh-uh, who you really are doesn't think that thought, Raph. Can you see the mechanism? By holding on to the limitation, you get the indication, uh-uh. So you, in your meditations, you, what's really happening is you're putting down all of your perspectives and feeling... Oh, peace. Hmm. Which means while you're meditating, you're not practicing this thought. You've put it down. And now get up and walk around and do the same. Hmm, this is who I believe to be. Put it down a minute. And allow yourself to feel what it feels like if you weren't hooked on to this identity. And you practice and you practice and you keep practicing until it's no longer practice. It's like, oh, that's easy to go. Oh, it's just a label. <laughs> mm. 
Do you see what I mean? That's exactly what it felt like. I see that there's new four comments. Let me see if I can see them. You pronounced it right. Oh, darling, yes. Marie says it brings up all of your shit. Anthony creates. Oh, there's Anthony. Keep going. Right, so if there's no questions, I think it will be enough for me and get on with our days. Darling, thank you very much. Go into the group. I've put some more resources there for you. I love you. And I shall see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.